Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Ignition sequence has started. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. You have entered Untold Radio AM. And now broadcasting from a secret location, your hosts, Joel Sturgis and Doug Hychek. And welcome to this edition of Untold Radio AM. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis. Right along with me is a them people hating Doug Hychek. <laughs> yes! Okay, a them people loving. Now let me clarify before anyone gets angry. Look, I said I had a lot of Irish friends. And you thought that was funny. <laughs> you had to qualify that. Like, I, you know, I got a lot of friends that are Irish. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it is St. Patrick's Day. I, I am part Irish. Yes. The better part, maybe. Today, it's the better part. Who is pure anything? Ah, oh, boy. I don't know anyone that's pure anything. I mean, pure other things, but not pure that, <laughs> you know. So, you know, how, how you doing, Doug? Pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, do they deliver mail on St. Pat's Day? <laughs> of course they do. Are the banks open on St. Pat's Day? Yes. Yeah. Well, I could tell because uh, today after work, I ran to I do some grocery shopping. Yeah. And it completely slipped my mind that today is the big day that a lot of people were getting their money, their stimulus package. Oh, did you? <clears throat> do you think oh. they, they time that for St. Pat's Day? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, some of the logic that they throw, I I don't know. It's it's all crazy if you ask this guy. Yep, it's all crazy. For everybody that got a stimulus check, they're going to have to pay back one way or another about six grand. There's nothing, there's no such thing as free money. But yeah. anyhow. Higher taxes. And... After work, I'm like, I got to go pick up some groceries. You know, I'm like, eh, I got to eat. I have hungry children. So you I went to... Sucks. Back up. Oh. You go grocery shopping? I did today. Well, of course, don't you? No. Well, you got a servant? I used to. send? Do, but now it's just... Do work. you ever leave your house, Doug? Yeah, I do. I'm just, just wondering. Just, just, just wondering. Yeah. If you ever leave, you know, the but, compound. But not to go grocery shopping. No. Not anymore. No. Not since no. COVID. Yet. Who do oh, you send? Who do you send? Afraid of COVID, because I don't really feel like suffocating in the grocery store. Okay, okay. Now, beans that you don't go to the grocery store, and there is many different ways to get your groceries. I understand this, but how do you get your groceries? Amazon, Target. 
Walmart? I mean, they all deliver. They deliver to you. See, I live in a small town, Doug. That's your problem. And I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, small town living. I'm like John Cougar Mellencamp over here. Small town, baby. You look just him too. I, hey, I is what I is, man. So, so, any, I, so I, Joe, I, yeah. Okay, so you went shopping. This is the first time in what ten years? No, 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 no. I go because see, I am an active part in in my family's grocery life. That uh, I will actually. I'll go grocery shopping more than the beautiful and talented Mrs. Sturgis. Really? I, I will because I know what I like to eat, right? Okay. So The whole so, it's full of junk food. No, no. God, no. I'm on the keto diet, man. I'm like 36 pounds down, baby. I'm, I'm feeling good. Okay, well, I'm jealous. Have you, ever had the, have you ever been on the keto diet? I don't even know what the keto diet is. You don't know what the keto It's like first <laughs> thing you got to do. Just stop. It rhymes with Cheeto, okay? <laughs> now, now you bring up Cheetos. Those sound pretty damn good. But hold on. Before we talk about keto, which I think that, you know, I'm not saying you benefit from it. I'm just saying it might not be the worst thing in the world. I was in the store. I went grocery shopping at Walmart. So I went to Walmart because, as you know, Walmart has everything. It has just about everything you could ever need. Yeah, they do. If, if the Walmart burned down, I don't know what I'd do with myself. I, I wouldn't know where to shop anymore. So I'm in there, and oh my God, about 10 billion other people decided to go to Walmart. And so I asked one of the employees, I, I say, geez, you know, it's awfully busy in here. Is there something going on that I don't know about? She says, yeah, everyone got their stimulus checks today. That sucks. Gosh. Oh my gosh. And they were buying TVs and they were buying crap. They weren't buying things to pay their bills, Doug. They were buying crap. Yeah, is what they're buying. Stimulating the economy. They were stimulating the economy quite thoroughly. The economy. (laughs) Yes. Most of the items uh, I believe that I've seen that were being sold were definitely made in China, maybe Japan, definitely in the Orient somewhere. So that's fine. Got to stimulate someone's economy. Never did they ever say it was going to stimulate our economy, but hey, anyhow. Let's so I hold on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll let you continue with your Walmart story, but think about it. Okay, so what really stays here? So Walmart writes a check to China for these boatloads of TVs. Yes. Somebody buys one here. Walmart keeps a little profit. Yeah. Not a big percentage. That's the part that stimulates our economy. Is that itty-bitty little percentage that Walmart keeps. What's the people they keep working. I mean, it's it's better than nothing. True, true. But what I should have done, in retrospect, is gone to a locally owned grocery store. There you go. And that way it would have stayed, 100% of the profit would have stayed in our area. Yes. But we so, don't we don't know that. We're assuming it would. I'm assuming a, more of it, yes. more of it. Maybe not 100%, but more of it would stay in the area. Yes. Right? So I'm in Walmart. But I'm just shocked that it was that busy. You're telling me this. It was horribly busy. I've never it, thought of that. Ever. And, and, and um, 
the thing of it is, is, is they were bringing in more freight, in fact, in in anticipation oh of my. stimulus checks. You kind of want, don't you, don't you ever wonder, you just, you think, okay, everybody got those, but you wonder what really went on in the, the thinking of deciding the amount and when. Yeah. Ooh, and, you know, you just. I yeah I didn't get any I got no stimulus. Well, cause yeah, you live in the the you live in the high check I compound. Paid for the stimulus. You paid for single handedly. Oh, some of it. It should have had it. You're in the memo. It should have had Doug Highcheck presents. Should have been no stimulus. But I'm just saying, guys. Like I didn't get any. Not only do I not get it, it's a double whammy. Not only do I get anything, my taxes are going to go up about eight nine percent. You, know, you do know what this is, right? Yeah. You yeah. rub your fingers together. Yeah, it's the smallest violin in the world playing what? My Heart Bleeds for You. I fell for that one. Okay. Nice job, Joel. <laughs> but you are right. You are right. So anyhow, I'm in Walmart and I'm shopping. I'm being mobbed yeah. by people. It's kind of funny because there's, you know, 900,000 people in Walmart. And they're spending stimulus that was caused by a pandemic that spread by being close to each other. So what do they do? They get close to each other. I know. It's it, it, it just really, and I was there. I'm no better than them. I just chose the wrong time to go grocery shopping. But you didn't go because you got a stimulus check. No, I, I went because my kids were telling me, hey, we're out of cereal. Yeah, right. All right. Well, you were to buy that keto. So now, what what in the world? Okay, let me guess what keto is. Okay, go now, ahead, lay it on me. Every diet's no carbs. There's got to be no carbs. Every diet's no carbs. Yes. So yeah. so no carbs, vegetables and meat. And pretty much meat, limited vegetables and cheese. It's it's the keto diet. It's <laughs> uh. What it really is, is you eliminate the carbs and no sugar. You can have no sugar of any kind. No, no refined sugars. None. Okay. Zero. All right. All right, smarty pants. (laughs) What is an unrefined sugar? Stuff that's naturally occurring. Vegetables. Stuff that occur in nature. But no. like breads. But can you buy are. unrefined sugar? No. <laughs> yes, it's in vegetables. It's not there in a bag. I mean, it says here's your unrefined sugar. It's in the food. I just thought maybe there was a place <laughs> you went to <laughs> and you where, looked for unrefined sugar. On where the, the hell would you find these unrefined sugar mills? I mean, I told you I don't grocery shop. So how would I know? <laughs> right, right. So you should try grocery shopping once. Well, I've done it. Oh, my goodness. I don't even like it when I don't have to wear a mask. But I'm not. I just don't like doing the mask. Yeah. You so know. you stay out of the public. I in public places yeah, to, yeah. to avoid the. I hate the mask as well. I just don't like it. You know, it's like, are you going to get the shot? A lot of people are like, oh, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Well, you know what? If you want to be used to that and live like that the rest of your days, then yeah, knock yourself out. No, I, I'm not used to it, and nor do I like it. No. So it, it's, it's a horrible set of circumstances we find ourselves in. But bigger burning question is this, Doug. Oh, maybe I shouldn't ask. 
Maybe I shouldn't ask that. I was no, going to ask. I get a shot. It depends. I don't know. Are, are you going to get the vaccine? I probably will. Me too. We quotes on too. <laughs> I'll get the shot. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, put it this way: I'll be the last guy in line. <laughs> You'll be the last guy, yep. and uh, you, you know, I, I, I'm uh, you know, just kind of wait and see what other people develop first. You know, if they you know develop things, I understand that logic. Okay. I do. You mean like third eyes? And... You just never know. They might drop dead of a massive heart attack as soon as they get injected. I don't think you, it... just, you just never know. But on a serious note, if you guys are uh, able to get it, get it. If you guys feel comfortable getting it, get it. That kind of stuff. We'll move away from COVID because I don't want to talk about it. dominates our lives anyway. No, but the, the one thing with the shots that you do wonder is if it's going to increase the variance of COVID, you know, a workaround Good question, whether the Good. virus will try to work around. It. Yeah. I think yeah. the virus will hurt any, no, you know, I think 99.99 people will have no issue and it'll mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. But, but the way bacteria and viruses work, they're looking for that one tenth of 1%. So then they can kind of mutate and get, you know, and then they start. Yeah. Spraying. So it could be an every year thing, like a flu shot we have right. now. Yeah, and I think so, it's more likely what will happen. Yeah, well, could could be in. But anywho, there's no there's no free lunch with any vaccine. No, no, but it's better than the alternative, I guess. Sure, absolutely. I think it'll save a lot of lives, and um, you know, certainly, most people I know have already gotten it. Yeah, a lot of people I know have. I. <clears throat> Let me back up. Very few people I know have gotten COVID up here where I live. Right. Very few. Not that many. I could count on maybe one hand of people I had it. I was talking about the vaccine. Oh, the vaccine. Yes. Most yes. People... Everybody will get the vaccine. It's, it's the way it's going to be. I'm just, I'm the last guy to get on an airplane. I'm the last guy who's going to get the vaccine. Fair enough. There you go. Fair enough. But I will. You know? I don't like airplanes and I don't like vaccines, I guess. Oh, you just, you just wait till there's you no. Know, wait and see attitude. Like, That's what I take. You're going to go to a fast food restaurant, wait in the drive-thru, and you know how lovely they are right now. Mm. So yeah. would you rather go at six o'clock when there's a line two miles long or go at 10 to nine or, you know, whatever, way after the dinner hour? That's what I do. I'm a workaround guy. You're you're a workaround guy. You go late at late, yes. So to to avoid your your you know the rush. Right. If is... I would have gone to Walmart, it would have been at two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Yep. That that is true. That's what I should have done it. But gosh, I sleep. You never sleep. Last night, guys. This is no joke. I'm laying. I I'm like in bed at. at 3 a.m. I can't remember what it was. And my phone rings that says Doug Highcheck. Oh, I'm shit. thinking, what the hell is he calling me for at I, 3 I, in the flipping oh, morning? I was putting, I was, <laughs> I was writing up an info sheet for a guest, a future guest. And I had to put your number in it. And I, I hit the number instead <laughs> of putting the number in. I did a, a kind of a butt dial thing. Yeah, yeah, because it only really rang for a second. Back. I'm like, pull me back. I was <sighs> no, I was up because <laughs> never mind, never mind. 
And I was up early. I bet you I was up before you. You don't sleep. I, I sleep when I have to. But how Look, many hours in the night do you sleep? Okay, first off, let's get one fact. This is pick on Doug Highcheck hour, I guess. Listen to this fact. <laughs> Everybody sleeps almost like 22 years of their life. Yes. You live to be 80 years old. You're going to sleep 22 years. Okay. So when I learned that when I was a kid, I'm like, the heck with that. I'm only going to sleep 10 years. And then I'm going to be living 10 more years of life than all the rest. That, that, that math, what? I, I mean, it's been proven, though, Doug, that people that don't sleep, they die young. Well, then you get a good, then you make up the rest. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, anyhow, anyhow. So you, what you're saying is you, you sleep a couple hours a day and that's really about it. Yeah, a lot of days, yeah. Oof, rough, rough. I'm an eight-hour guy. Well, it's hard to get your eyes focused when you wake up, and then beyond that, you're, you're it's fine. Yeah. Cough, dang, ready to go. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's interesting life, a little view into Doug's life. A, he hates grocery shopping, B, he never sleeps. This sounds like a healthy combo to me. So you did- got a great guest on tonight, by the way. Oh, yeah, we do. We got uh, Paul Hearing on tonight. Paul's- we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about Bigfoot tonight with him, but he's a different, little bit different way of doing it because he's a former police officer, former private investigator. Really looks into Bigfoot with an investigative eye. I think that you guys will really enjoy that. Oh yeah, and he was also on the SWAT team. Not that that really, you know, just to throw that in there. Yep. The guy has been investigating Bigfoot for it seems forever. Yep. Interesting dude. You're really going to have a lot of fun. Bomb the hour here is going to be on. So stick around for that. But in the meantime, we got some stuff to get to. We got some odd news to get to. And and this will be, uh, maybe we'll throw it this way. This will be a Doug's choice. Should we talk about uh, the dog that traveled 100 miles to find his family in 23 days? Okay. Or oh, you want that one? All right, here we go. I don't even know. No, don't give me all the choices. Come on. You, oh, you, you you want to know the other choices. Mm-hmm. Or we could do comedy movies that they could never make today. Nope. You don't want to do that one. Nope. You don't like movies. That's what I forgot. I don't like movies. I just, I don't even want to think about all the reasons they can't make them. Well, like number one on the list, and this will say it all, is Blazing Saddles. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> they, 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 could, they could never make that film today for huh? a lot of reasons. And if you don't know why, folks, pick go rent it. It'll become evident really quick why it would never fly today. Um, home Invasion, Raccoon Found Sleeping in Dishwasher. <clears throat> sure. Okay. Here we go. We, can, we have time to do both. We, we, we have time. We have 12 minutes. An Ohio police officer responds to a resident's home to remove a raccoon found sleeping in the dishwasher after it broke through the bathroom light fixed, uh, the window and uh, ra- ransacked the kitchen north Ridgedale. Ridgeville, rather, police department said the masked bandit broke into the home, trashed the kitchen like a rock star. Took all 
all and then took a well-deserved map nap sorry my screen flashed on me and i don't know why my computer screen flashed like boop, boop on and off your computer was bored yeah <laughs> that story <laughs> i got a better story than that okay then tell it okay really? tell so i come home from grocery shopping joel and there's a raccoon in my yard in the daytime. And I okay. thought, well, don't look right. It's kind of tilting back and forth, and he looks kind of frothy, you know? So I called the, the sheriff's department, and I said, can I, this raccoon has got distemper or rabies. Can I shoot it? Because <laughs> it's blocking our door, and I want to go home because my groceries are melting in my car. Sure. And the sheriff, they go, sure, yeah, go ahead. And then I hung up, went and got whatever I needed to dispatch the poor little guy who was sick. And I got a call back. Wait, we've got a, we've got an officer. Don't shoot it. We're going to send an officer out. So I wait. Five minutes, guy pulls up. First thing he does, he, yeah, he sees the raccoon there, you know, doing circles. He goes in his trunk. Um he grabs, I think it's a 45. Oh my God, for a raccoon. Yeah. And now, I think he's going to, I think that he was going to shoot right towards my house. Oh, that's comforting. But he walked around the other side and the raccoon started coming at him. Oh no. So he emptied his clip. Didn't even phase the raccoon. Right in your front yard. Yep. Didn't even phase the, the raccoon. But there's parts of it missing. <laughs> So he goes and throws another clip in there, empties it. Raccoon's still coming at him. Less of less of the raccoon, if you know what I mean. He loads another clip, empties it. The raccoon is still coming at him. Oh, my God. Like, it's a foot away, and it's, like, trying to jump on him. So we're 20 rounds into this animal. Yes. And 45 what, ammunition. Skull is, I mean, it's a terrible story. Part of his skull is missing. I mean, there's parts of him just blown off. And this thing is still coming at him. So he finally goes in his trunk and he grabs a crowbar. Uh-oh. And he starts wailing on this thing. I mean, he pretty much made high C out of it. Oh. So then I'm like, I'm stunned. I'm just watching all this, just stunned thinking I was going to go get my BB gun or my 22, right? And he starts, like, laughing. And I'm like, what is so funny? That was, like, the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Yeah. He goes, well, that was my third one today like that. Oh, my God. That's why he was laughing. That beats... That's that's okay. That beats the hell out of the raccoon in the dishwasher. dishwasher. You're right, but I only have one thing to say to you about your raccoon, what? zombie raccoon. Oh my god! I think when they get sick, you know, they get this temper and they get rabies. They just—it's just they like they are zombies. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. that was unsettling. I'll never forget that. That was the Walking Dead. Yeah, of raccoons. Yep. Wow, yep. man, that 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 is. I did witness something like that one other time where a woodchuck got run over and half of it was glued to the road and it was still alive. And a buddy of mine came back and said, somebody needs to put that 
poor thing yeah. was misery. You know, its whole back half was flat. Oh my and good lord! There and yeah, it took forever to put that thing down. It was and we yeah, it wasn't good. That had been terrible. That's just terrible, man. They're terrible stories, but you know, there's but, animals that uh, they 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 put up a fight. Like if you have a pet that's sick, yeah, they are tough. They don't complain. And they're dogs, yeah. Those dogs, cats, and they will just never complain, you know. And you have to admire them. Yeah, you'll never know that they're sick. Never, no, never. Yeah, I've I've had plenty of dogs in my lifetime, unfortunately, that you know aged and they passed away, and and it's really sad. But even you never knew they're sick. No, until the they, end was there. It was the weirdest thing. They don't whine. They don't complain. No. They could not even be able to walk. They never whine. No. They just take it, you know, and they're tough and whatever. All right, change uh, some that is, that is so sad. I, you made, made me almost want to cry. Now the dog that walked 23, 23 miles or 230 miles. Well, since your story, I mean, you know, let's let's have that uplifting. You know, I was also going to tell you about the neighbors step in where 11 donkeys escaped from a sanctuary, but. You know, we could we could talk about the dog. This dog, man, it's a heck of a dog. Here we go. You ready? Animal rescuers said a dog that went missing in Iowa was captured 100 miles away in Nebraska after the several failed attempts to apprehend the dog caused the canine to flee. The Nebraska Humane Society said the dog's name is Ivy, escaped from her home in Sioux City. Her family had moved. And upon moving, they lost Ivy. She ran away. This dog crossed all the cities, countrysides, you name it, to find her family. What I find amazing, and it's not so much this story, but we've heard story after story about animals somehow being able to find their owners across vast distances. And it makes me wonder how they're able to do that. That is a mystery. How does an animal, I mean, there's been cases of animals being taken all the way across country. I mean, to the other end of the U.S. And they'll mm-hmm. find their way back. Exactly. I, but they make a beeline. A... Joel, they make a beeline. Yeah. It, it's almost, it's, it's ridiculous in a lot of ways. I mean, come on, how can they do that? And that was giving my question to you. Is you you dealt with animals several times in your life? I mean, you you've done documentaries about them. You've done this. You've done that. Are we dealing with a much higher intelligence than we're giving them credit for? I think that they literally have a natural GPS in their head. Um, they have some type of a homing device where wherever their home is, they can lock in that coordinate. Mm-hmm. They literally, I mean, they've just discovered they have like magnetrite in their nose, which right. tells which true north is. Yeah. That is yeah. To a super, what we would call a super ability in animals. And it's a science that we're just now starting to get into. Do you think there's a psychic link between pet owners and their pets to some extent? I mean, you know how. Then it would be a super ability. It's possible. You know how married couples for a long time are can think of the same thing and they're miles apart from each other okay. or things like that. Let's take a penguin colony. 
Penguin has her chick. She leaves it on the beach in, the, in amongst a million other penguins. Goes into the ocean, feeds for a long time, comes back. How in the world mm-hmm. of all the chaos does she go right to her chick? Right. It makes no sense to me. And that's why I want to bring up the story. It's not so much a story, but how are they doing it? How are these animals that are we've always thought were lower intelligence than us? But they're not. They're just differently intelligent. Yeah, but I don't think that the finding the home is... I think it's caused by two things. A great amount of love, mm-hmm. right? Wanting to go home, loving their owner. And probably a GPS coordinate that somehow... Like a salmon, yeah, finds yeah, that he... stream and swim. We're talking about a fish, and swims up to the exact spot it was yeah. born. It must be imprinted on the location in more ways than saying it's scent. I don't buy into this. Scent. But what's more amazing is these people move to a home the dog has never seen. I, are are there cases like that? That I'm not aware of, but I do believe it. So this dog found them after they'd moved and the dog had never even seen the home. You didn't add that. You didn't tell us. I did add that. You did? I did. I got to get my... I did. Listen. (laughs) Okay. So it finds the family and they weren't even in the same home. They weren't in the same home anymore. They'd moved. Well, then I... moved to Sioux City. Yeah. You'd have to go right to Psychic. So the dog had no idea where he was. He just somehow homed on where they were living. But the skeptics will say it was a coincidence. Yeah, but that's a pretty damn big coincidence because it's happened more than once. Yeah. So that would be a great that would be a great TV show or a documentary. It would be. It would be. We're gonna run a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about Paul. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Hi, Tom Bodette. If you can hear me, then you have an internet connection, which means you can do cool things online, like listen to streaming radio, obviously, or watch a video of a monkey washing a cat. Let your freak flag fly. Or you can book a room at a great price at motel6.com. Isn't the internet wonderful? Everything you want right at your fingertips and, whoa, did not need to see that. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrified right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
Northern Tool and Equipment. So me and the boys head out to tailgate today and find some other fans in our spot. Well, it happens. Yeah, cheering for the wrong team. Oh, this is war. Even worse, they've got this couch set up and everything. A couch? Yeah, it's a sectional. All right, first thing, don't ever use the word sectional again. Done. Second, I want you to grab a 4,700-pound tow chain with J-hook and grab hammer. Throw that on the back of your truck. Got it. Now you're going to hail Mary the J-hook over the end of that couch. Time to find a better spot for your new friends. That should do it. There's no problem. A little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope, it's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Untold Radio AM. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis. Right along with me is Mr. Doug Hycheck. we got a great guest on tap tonight. Really looking forward to talking with him. Guy's been around the block. Let me tell you, Paul uh, Herring. Am I correct? Herring is your last name? Yep. You okay. are correct. Making sure I'm nailing that right. Is a former police officer. Oh, my gosh. Guess what? That is me and my phone. We just had that discussion about phones and mutings, and, and except I took credit for mine, Doug. But okay, I, I always deny it when it happens to me. <laughs> hey, I owned it right there and done, man. I just, just blame you. It. No matter what happens, I blame no, you. No, you just let it have. You just told everyone your secret. You just blame me. Yeah, but okay. Only if they listen to this podcast. Can, can we can <laughs> we get to business here? Go ahead. Can, 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 I, I'm sorry, folks. By the way, oh, he, he, Paul is a former police officer that turned private investigator, now cryptid researcher. Paul grew up in a small town in South Alabama and was intrigued by all things out of the ordinary. From all very from a very early age, he was particularly drawn to cryptid research due to growing up hearing his mother and his grandparents speak of seeing and hearing odd creatures. His adventurous uh, nature eventually led him to a 15-year career in law enforcement. Well, thank you, Paul, for protecting all of us, by the way. They don't get enough love, police officers, these days. Where, where he worked patrol and later in the CID criminal investigations, he was trained in crime scene investigations, interview, interviewers, and interrogations, and evidence collection, and later added to, was added to SWAT. Paul, thank you for coming on the show, man. Man, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, not a problem at all. So, you know, you grew up in the South, 
and the south is 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 a, would you say it's a little more open to especially back when you were a kid to strange stories of cryptids stuff like that than maybe the north was because I didn't grow up hearing those stories. I mean, I heard them here and there, but not like you, where it was embraced. Well, we uh, we barely had, um, you know, we had to pipe in the sunlight out down there. So it was one of those deals where you either list, sat around listening to ghost stories or you didn't have anything to do. So it was it was very quiet back in the 70s and 80s in uh, my small town. Meh, there's, not, there's something to be said about small town America, isn't there, Paul? Yeah, it was it was perfect. I mean, it 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 really gave me a chance to, you know, think uh, beyond the the normal spectrum. I didn't have a lot of influences, you know, that that come into the from the outside world. So, it gave me a lot of time for uh, to build my imagination and to really uh, think outside the box in, in several different areas. What kind of creatures did you grow up hearing about? I mean, what was the cryptid creatures? Mainly Bigfoot, or was there more creatures? talked about excuse me well yeah i'll have to piece it together because when i was younger hearing these stories it was you know either the booger the wood booger the wood ape and a lot of times we'd hear about the the mythical big cats or the black panthers that you know they the, the wild fish and game department down there deny existing at all but there was a uh there was a lot of talk from my grandparents about just a, a wild, hairy, big man that would come out of the woods on occasion. And, and they actually said they saw this thing. And, um, you know, they, they I, I don't know if they were trying to keep us indoors late at night or whatever, or just wanted to keep us in line. But I've heard that so much. It's kind of a recurring theme down there. And uh, my mom grew up kind of hearing the same stories. But there was just kind of in the area I was in. There was a lot of talk about a large thing with no head that would come out of the out of the bushes in a certain like area, like on I think it was the Pigeon Creek area down there. And it all they always said it had no head. It would come out of the shadows, and it was grabbing her parents' horse-drawn buggies, and just wouldn't let it loose. And just kind of stories like that. Yeah. And then, mm. so I mean, yeah, it was it was always just really creepy stories. You know, no street lights, no anything down there. You just you just had the the run of the woods. See, we might want to mention Paul is gonna about to go through a lightning storm. Is it Paul? Or is it a tornado situation? It could, it could be everything. I've heard I've heard tornadoes, lightning, uh and hail lit- damage, you know. Literally I can hear static coming off I think your headphones. If you back up be. just a little bit more. Okay. We'll get rid of there. Yeah, try talking now. All right. Is that better? Yes. We're not getting that flood. A little bit closer. I think we're okay. Just come. But just, yeah. So we're getting the static when you get closer, which could be caused by the storm. Right. I've had no, it, it is. Headphones. Yeah, it, things. It is. It's raining heavily outside right now. We don't We don't have the uh, the mainline winds that are coming yet uh, or the heavy lightning, but it's it's raining like crazy. Yeah, they're saying it's like a 30-year storm, though. I was watching the news. Like, it's it's that bad where you yeah. are. Up condition. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So stay safe, Paul. Stay so safe. This, so the story with the creature without the head intrigues me because, you know, when Bigfoots walk, they're always reported with their head stooped way down at big, broad shoulders. And in some ways, they look like they don't have a head. 
Exactly. And that was my thoughts. Um, it just kind of dawned on me just a couple of years ago. I got, I, I was reliving that story and my mom was there when, as a young girl. And she said, she turned around and she saw this thing holding onto the back of the wagon wow. and it had no, had no head. And it, it just dawned on me. I was like, most of the time these reports come in about Bigfoot their shoulders go up into straight into their, like their cranium area. Nope. And, um, it just, it just clicked. I was like, these people are probably seeing Bigfoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly. So Bigfoot almost Doug and, and Paul almost appears to have the, you know, no neck thing going on where it's yes almost right directly on the shoulders. The yep. head is. Yep. And then if you tilt your head down and the shoulders are raised, yeah. And you stooped a little bit. You basically have a creature with no head. Right, exactly. And they went on to say that this thing grabbed a hold of the back of the wagon. And her grandpa, I think it was her grandpa, kept whipping the mule trying to get it to uh, just to, to pull off and pull away from this thing. And it couldn't get away out of the clutches of the, uh, of the, of the Bigfoot or, or the creature or whatever. She said that she remembers the um, mule you know, uh, winning or yelling or whatever it does. But he, she said her grandpa just kept beating it with a whip, trying to get it to pull pull off from the uh, creature. And finally it let go and ran off into the woods. Oof, scary. Scary. Yeah. That's, you don't see that every day. Do you, do, yeah. you, do you think, Paul, that, because I grew up in a family too where my parents were open-minded and, you know, they told stories and, don't you think that was really healthy for you and had a huge effect on your life and just being more curious about everything? Oh, absolutely. It, it absolutely 100% did. And, you know, it's not like my parents just kind of left me to fend for myself looking at an iPad or a television or anything else. With, you know, they cultivated a rapport as well as they cultivated um, just an intrigue in, in, in several different areas. And I, I'm so appreciative of, of that time and that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is that's the thing, you know. It's that folklore that's handed down verbally usually, and and it's these stories that really gets a lot of our wheels turning. Me included. Where I was growing up, way in the northern part of the country, it was Bigfoot and the Wendigo. Yes, know, were the two creatures that were to be feared of in the woods, you know, and and, and that made me very curious about what's out there, you know, because the same kind of thing was going on. Now, when did you start getting hardcore into looking for cryptids? You're a police officer. Did it did it predate your law? It obviously did. The curiosity predated your law enforcement career. But did you go squatching, in quotation marks, you know, looking for Bigfoot field research? There it is, Bigfoot field research while you're an active police officer. And if so, what was the thoughts from the department? Well, the yeah. I kind of always had the curiosity and, but I didn't really have the, uh, I, I guess the, I don't know. I was, you know, I was coming out of high school into college. I was a little bit into different things at that time. And then when I got back into law enforcement, it just kind of was respawned by, you know, like-minded guys. We would, we would meet up late at night, um, in our patrol cars and sit there and start talking about everything, you know, all things strange and all things that they had seen and, I was like, hey, well, we should get together and, you know, go go to a hot spot and see what we could uh, dig up. And I was shocked to find out that there were several guys that were 
you know, we're, we're into the same thing. And I, I mean, but I think, I think most law enforcement officers are curious by nature, obviously. Um, it just took me just kind of digging a little deeper and, and not being afraid to be called a kook or something. You know, I, I was, uh, and as far as the, the department, you know, it's not something that we advertise that we did gotcha. or, or that we do, but everybody knew like, Hey, if any weird stuff comes about, doesn't matter what it is, call Paul. He would like to come, you know, he's, he's the guy to talk to about it. And um, they would pretty much send me on all kind of, uh, crazy calls. But, uh, no, we, uh, man, me and three or four other guys, we would just get together and, and we would kayak several days at a time. We would camp in hot spots all over the Southeast, just, just kind of, uh, digging in and trying to become part of the area. And we weren't really like doing a whole lot more other than just being there because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times I'm, we're not like into tree knocking and screaming and whoops and all this a lot of times it seems like a lot of the um, reports you hear, people are just going about their business, just being normal and, and just kind of just not really seeking it out. It seems to me that things tend to uh, to gravitate toward you when you're not looking for it. That's how it's always fallen, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not looking and that's when it happens. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, the sighting or, or the interest or whatever, you know, uh, and that's, that's really being in the South – I would say that um, there's so many stories like um, Boggy Creek story from the south. That I mean, that's a little north of you, stuff like that. But would would you say that you maybe have? I don't want. I hesitate to say better Bigfoot area because that's you know if I say that you know everyone's like, well, my area is active. But did you find the south to be a very active Bigfoot area? It was more so than I had originally thought um and you mentioned boggy creek yeah that also molded me too you know when uh when that movie came out uh yeah it, it was it was uh very scary and a crazy time and it's like well that's just up in arkansas and then you start looking down into texas then it wraps back around through you know louisiana the honey island swamp monster the and it comes back over into alabama they've they've always had something called the alabama white thing it was supposedly like a white or an albino Bigfoot. And it just went on down to Florida and South Georgia with a skunk ape. So, yeah, I was, I was, when I started looking, I was very um, taken aback of how many reports and how much has been going on here in the Southeast. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it, it really, it seemed to explode, especially in the 70s. And maybe that movie had something to do with it. Yeah. Was, you, you know, about Bigfoot in that area. And, then of course, when I was in that area, uh, living, I was in Texas, and then I was in Kansas, and all all over the South, working on radio, and, and and one of my coworkers said, "You know what they call them? You, you know, like there, well, there's this booger hollow somewhere where I was living," and I'm thinking, "Well, what the heck can you talk about booger hollow?" He says, "That's what we call Bigfoot down here." Yeah, that was the first time I ever heard a Bigfoot called booger, and I started looking around. There, there's a lot of references down there. To, to boogers. Yeah, there are. And uh, you can even uh, look up into South Carolina, North Carolina, some of those areas, and they have the same names for them. They call them wood boogers or mm-hmm. boogers or wood wood apes. Yeah, very, very, very great area. So as you're investigating, what gets you the most? Is it is it the investigation? 
doing it, actually doing it, or do you find the the stories from eyewitnesses more intriguing? I I like hearing the stories because um, when you after a while you can develop a pretty decent BS meter when you're law enforcement, and, and especially when you're like into the criminal investigations and you've had you know tons of uh, interviews with uh, criminals, I guess for the lack of a better word. But no, I enjoyed hearing the uh, the accounts because you can really tell when when someone's being sincere that they don't really know what they saw, and, and a lot of times they won't tell you that it's a, a booger or it's a Bigfoot or Sasquatch, but they totally saw something, and that intrigues me. And mm-hmm. when we get out into an area and try to investigate, like I said, we don't we don't really go in there making a lot of noise. We try to just ease in and become part of the area. And just, just kind of exist for a while. And, uh, you know, we keep our eyes and ears open, and especially even on the, the feeling side of things. Just what do we feel? Mm-hmm. Like, does the hair stand up on the back of your neck? Um, do you have any kind of dizziness or, you know, you're nauseous? or And that, that of course, can go on into the other things of uh, what they call infrasound with uh, some of the lower. Yeah, I was, getting, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about that lately because um, I witnessed it. I, I uh, a good friend of ours named Abe. I watched him get blasted with infrasound, and uh, I saw the aftermath the day after, and he explained it to me. And I felt that same feeling when I was near what I believed to be a Bigfoot as well. And it, and and it makes you, it gives you the biggest panic attack you ever had almost. You know, just that yeah. anxiety like you wouldn't believe. And now that I've kind of put that and those two things together, it's amazing how many people come up and say they have that same feeling. Yeah, I was going to tell you, I I did have one experience with that. And I may have shared that with Doug earlier. I'm not sure. But um, just maybe 10, 11 years ago, I was uh, camping in uh, North Alabama around Monsanto National Park. And I went ahead early, like a day in early, and I was my buddies were going to come up. These weren't the law enforcement guys. But I was setting up camp. I was gathering firewood. I was completely by myself. I was on top of a bluff overlooking the city of Huntsville. And it was, it was kind of late afternoon. And all of a sudden, this complete fear came over me. And I've never been prone to that. I've, never, I've been in the woods my entire life. But I've never had that feeling like something bad was really about to happen mm-hmm. yeah it just red oh my goodness it it came out of nowhere I, no. I i unholstered my clock i sat down with my tree you know my back to the tree and i just sat there and i just started having to like just calm down and i was scanning the area and i was listening i didn't hear a thing and, and looking back I, I didn't hear anything i didn't hear bugs birds crickets nothing it was just dead silent and then just probably two or three minutes later, it passed. And it, it was the weirdest thing ever. So I, I really don't know if uh, I was blasted or or what, <laughs> really what it yeah. was. It's like I was in a cone of silence or something. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know what it is. But boy, are the reports exact. Person to person to person to person. And I keep hearing new stories. And they're always the same. They just... They feel like they have to leave now or they feel like they're having the worst panic attack in their life. Yeah. What, you're right, you're... Well, what do you think it is, Paul? Do you think it's infrasound or maybe something we haven't discovered? 
you know, I was, I used to try to rationalize it away and think it was, maybe it was just, you know, a, a collection of things going on around me that caused me to have a panic attack. But like I said, I, I wasn't really, I'm not really prone to that. Um, I've been in a lot of uh, harrowing situations, you know, both on duty and off duty. And none of them put me in the state of fear that I was in that day. So I know, I, I think that area having the reports that it has, I, I want to tend to think that something was passing through or at least watching me or maybe at least to seeing how I would react because I was alone. And I think a lot of things happen typically when, uh, you know, the subject is alone in the forest. How long did that attack last? I mean, was it over quicker? Yeah, it was probably five minutes tops, okay. but it seemed, because I, I, I know the sun was going down, but it hadn't gone down all the way. So I, I think five to seven minutes, maybe tops, but it seemed like forever. Yeah. And the point is, that obviously is an outlier. I mean, you've never experienced that before. No, you've sir. Police work. And now, suddenly, you're. You, it sounded like it was a nice evening. Yeah. You've just been happy to be there. And it all went haywire. That's just, yeah, it's just so consistent. Have you had any other, because I think, as I remember, you hadn't had a sighting, correct? Right, I have not had a sighting. Yeah. But but there's been these little things that keep pushing you to keep researching. What what other weird things have happened, either you or, or your partner's? I know just a couple of years ago, I, uh, I was responding down to South Alabama. There's a town there, um, called Evergreen, Alabama. And they're right now they're they've had several reports over the past couple of years and they've kind of self-proclaimed themselves as the Bigfoot capital of Alabama, I think. And I went down there to talk to, um, a family that lives just on the edge of a swamp. And I got there later at night, they had a bonfire up and they said, this is all we do. We come out here, sit at our bonfire. We might listen to the ball game or we might have a beer or two and, and just, just relax as a family and, and hang out. But we hear so many things. So I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to come down. And as soon as I got there, as soon as I got out of my truck and shut the door, we were just making our acquaintances. And within two or three minutes of that, we heard a big tree crash. And she said, there, you see? She said, we, we hear that all the time. And I've never heard a tree fall in the woods. I've never heard it crash. And this was a really loud, hard, it's like something pushed it over. Right. Yeah. You know, with, with intent and, and, and lots of force. And throughout the night, we heard um, just low chatter all throughout the swamps. And, I, you know, I, I pulled up GPS. I had uh, night vision, FLIR. I, I, I kept scanning everything. Never saw anything. And there was, I asked her, I said, is there any properties or houses that, that are behind the swamp? She said, no, the swamp goes for miles and miles. So we kept hearing whispers and just low mumbling and low chattering throughout there. And uh, I said, I think I want to take a walk back there. She said, don't do that. She said, this place is loaded with moccasins. And I didn't have snake chaps or anything. And, and you know, I was kind of by myself. I'm not going to. You know, I, I, I'm not afraid to admit that I was a little nervous to go out there by myself. Mm. So, um, but no, I, I've I've heard tree knocks. Any other occasions, I've heard the the hoops and the, and the howls and the, just a lot of things I can't explain. 
Have you ever had um, any experiences with rocks being thrown at you? No, I have not. I have not. Why do you guys think the Bigfoot's always throwing, you know, not always, but several times, several reports, throwing rocks? Is that just to chase us out of there? You're the people or, or what's what's going on with that? My opinion, I don't know what Paul's is, but mine is it's a way to get rid of you, intimidate you, confront you without confronting you. You know, mm-hmm. there's contact. It's a safe way to say, I'm afraid. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I agree because uh, there have been too many reports of people saying the rock just missed my head. It just missed me. They, they seem to be very accurate in what they do. So, uh, you know, to my knowledge, we haven't heard of anybody getting hit. No, right. Yeah. There's, I've never taken one report. I've heard of, I've taken reports where people have been pushed down physically, right. but just shoved to the ground, which is really interesting. They just get, just like this force, they feel a hand just shoves them straight down and they'll smack their, you know, smack their body on the ground, but never heard of anybody getting hit with a rock ever, but boy, close, like within inches. Yeah. I have a flat out, excuse me, gentlemen, for this question is for both of you. How about a flat out attack? Has anyone reported to either one of you? No. An actual attack. Yeah. Just Bigfoot. Okay, no, yeah, no, no, it came out of the woods and beat the living tar out of me. Nope, nope. And I actually talked to a law enforcement um, who was hunting, and that happened to him. Just got shoved right to the ground. It just really wow. out. He had gotten out, you know, to the woods when it was dark, didn't see anything. It just, bam, he just shoved. And there was a, Paul, wasn't there a report? Did you? I think it was actually maybe even in your state where the guy was walking in a park and all of a sudden he gets shoved to the ground in the daytime. And he was, his face, his nose was broken, his ribs were broken. Um, And he, I think he said he saw something big run away, but he couldn't, he was just dazed. And it it made the news. Yeah. Do you remember that? His eyes were black. This was all. I, I do remember that, and I, I, I can't think of where it was, but I think it was in Alabama. Actually, it was several years ago. Yeah. But yeah, he has no clue what what just shoved into the ground, just like a, mm-hmm. just like you're uh, swinging a bat straight to the ground. He just flopped him down. And you know, darn Gosh, to shove force. him to the ground, even if you're not suspecting, would take a lot of force, because. Yeah. You're going to stumble forward. You're just, you know, you're going to have to be really tall to be able to shove. You know, I don't think, I'll bet you nobody could shove you to the ground, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been done before. So. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I got yeah, to add to that. I don't, I've never, I've not heard of anyone else being attacked or, or being able to say, you know, specifically, I was attacked by a Bigfoot. Unless you pick up the Inquirer, if they even still make that, mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, um, just recently, uh, it, back down in Evergreen in that area, and it's probably been a year or two also, some uh, farmer came up on what he saw, and there's partial video. I, I don't have it, but there's partial video of it where something is drowning a deer in the creek bed, and he 
thinks there was it was I think the uh, you are you guys familiar with M K Davis? Yes. Okay, I th- I think he has the video footage and he's been analyzing, but I I think he saw like a maybe a juvenile that was holding the deer or strangling the deer in the creek bed or underwater. It was very shaded and and, and kind of dark in the area, but I think they think there might have been an adult on the banks watching it also. But this farmer got a brief video with his phone and freaked out obviously and left. And that's, you know, that's the only thing I can think of actually someone seeing like an attack. That's yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I I've heard a lot of stories of moose being just, you know, their moose will be swimming mm-hmm. and get their head held underwater because it takes no force. Mm-hmm. To just hold an animal underwater and, and kill it that way. We'll have yeah, to look. That, that makes sense, like a moose, because look how big they are and powerful. Would I mean, would a Bigfoot even stand a chance against a big bull moose? Yep. You know, probably not. I mean, you're talking about 2,400 pounds of anger. So they would be opportunistic. They'd have to be for that kind of harvest. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a good idea. Just that'd be, that'd be a great hunting strategy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> Very low risk, especially if you see a deer... You know, swimming. See a moose swimming across the lake. It's so easy then to just hold them underwater. Right. Yeah. You can't yeah. do it. So what's what's the weirdest police call that you got called on, Paul? It doesn't even matter if it's uh, <laughs> cryptid related or paranormal. What's what is the, some of the weirdest things that that have happened? Well, okay. Like I said, I used to get all the calls when I was working. <laughs> I got a call one night that um, this lady saw angels flying in the sky over her house. And me being a UFO nut, you know, I jumped the call. I take it. I've got it. I'm headed that way. So um, I get out there thinking I'm going to, you know, see these aliens flying around in the sky. Yeah. And, and the lady comes out. And she says, just wait a minute. They'll be back. And I said, OK. So we're standing there. And she says, they're out here almost every Friday and Saturday night. And I, she said, wait, I think they're coming back. And it was a Friday night. And then about that time, these big three lights just came and joined into one big circle and then divided and flew back off into the sky. And then I had to tell her that that was the new theater marquee, you know, the big strobe oh, lights. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it <laughs> you know. On cloudy nights and weekends, she would see these things. And uh, I, I, she thought they were angels. I was thinking aliens, and it wound up being something else. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, there's been several. Uh, there, there's really too many to, to come up with. I think one of the weirdest things that I've encountered, I think, was probably possibly a demonic activity. Um, a lady was wanting to um, harm herself, and she had locked herself in the bathroom. And when I got on the scene, the, the medics were already there and her husband tried to go into the, uh, to the, to the bathroom door. And he said, can you break it down? I said, sure. So I kicked the door in and she came out, she had dropped the knife and then she started screaming, saying they're, 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 they're here, they're everywhere. And she started pointing at me and saying, you stay away from me. They don't like you. You stay away from me. And about that time. 
the doors upstairs, the, some of the doors upstairs started slamming and no opening way. shut. Yeah. Oh and my I, God. and I, my partner was getting there. I said, I said, somebody else is upstairs. And then the husband said, there's nobody else here. So we went upstairs, cleared the house. Nobody was there. We take, uh, you know, finally we get her into the ambulance and take her to the hospital. And she starts talking in the weirdest tones in her voice. And in one minute, she's quoting biblical scripture. And the second minute, she's like the, the most profane language that, you know, you could think of. But she was telling how each one of us were going to die. And she was started just going around the room telling everybody how they were going to die. It's just really freaky. And like I said, that's just one of so many. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'd want to be part of that call. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, you, you must be. You, you, you well, must be. While we're talking, Paul, if you think of any, if anything popped into your head, just interrupt <laughs> us and tell us. Because <laughs> very few people get to hear police yeah. stories, that things that happened to them. And they're more likely to have, you know, weird experiences than anybody. And they're Absolutely. also the least likely to tell anybody. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, think about it, though. I mean, both of you guys, I mean, police, they see the, peop- the people, normally great people, at their worst at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of all that stress and everything else going on. So it makes sense. I mean, I've talked to several police officers in anonymity when I was working on a book that uh, never got picked up. I was looking for a publisher for a book that was nothing but odd calls like that where they'd show up and they would deal with those, those kind of calls. And it was very, very interesting talking to the police officers because, I mean, you know, between you and me, don't, you know, this goes no further than, you know, you're, you've changed my name. And, you know, they're really worried by anonymity is what they right. were. Yep. And some of the stories, though, oh, my God, you, you wonder how they keep their sanity, you know, some of them with some of the things that they've had to witness. And, uh, yeah, several times. I got to ask you, what, what do you think, Paul, about Dogman? I mean, we've done a few shows on it. And uh, it would seem that the southern part of the United States has been a hotbed for dogman activity the last decade or so. Yeah, very much so. And I've had several. Uh, it, it seems to be the biggest topic when people call into my show. It seems to be the biggest topic they want to talk about and what they want to hear about. And I don't know what to think. Of, you know, I don't know what to think it is because it's it's kind of new on the scene, but yet. It isn't. If you look back at some of the the, the history um, behind it, maybe, and uh, yeah, from Kentucky on down, just every, just all around the surrounding, especially like down in Louisiana, New Orleans, that area, tons of dogman reports. But I've 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 interviewed some very credible people that I believe have seen what they've said they saw, and it's kind of unnerving. Well, they they seem to be. You know, judging by the reports, judging by the people talking, they're uber violent dogmen. Yeah. You know, you just, just uber violent, but completely on the flip side of Bigfoot or where Bigfoot is, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Not dogman, <laughs> but it almost seems like they're looking for confrontation. But I don't think anybody's really had a confrontation. Paul, I mean, can you weigh in on that? Isn't that just a lot of uh, scary encounters? I've had, for the most part, yeah, their encounters. I've had two that I can um, think of on the top of my head that were in encounters. And one was in New Orleans where um, 
a guy was pretty much knocked down on a set of uh, railroad tracks and held down. And uh, everybody was watching this take place. And he said he believes it to be, it was a female, probably a mother because of certain, you know, anatomical attributes he gave because he thinks there might've been, she might've been feeding at the time because there were several, or if, if I may say she had several um, breasts yeah, um, as like a canine would that was, they had pup pups. So um, he said the thing he thought was going to kill him. And the other one I can think of is in Northeastern Kentucky around the Red River Gorge. I had a couple reach out to me a while back that said that they keep running in. They, they're, they're like homesteading up here in a certain area and they won't tell me exactly where, but they've had this thing bring deer parts like a rig legs been lipped off, uh, ripped off, laid at their tent and they've seen tracks. They've heard howls. They've seen, uh, the, the husband has actually seen it and he thinks he knows where it lives in this little cave system. And, it you know they they they're constantly getting bombarded with uh, just like being maybe stalked and stuff thrown at them and they could hear the howls. So I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd choose a new area to you know hang out if I were them. Well, the interesting part is he you know Paul you said that he was held down, but he lived to tell about it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's one of the weirder ones I've heard. That but, is odd. You know I just. I, I have a hard time dealing with the dog man because I'm yeah. just, are these really living in the woods? Are these other dimensional creatures? They're just so weird. You know, it really, it really hits the, the weird meteor. And so, I mean, do you just accept him as a flesh and blood animal or what do you think, Paul? Uh, on dog man, I have zero clue. And, and, you know, I'm still on the fence with it because mm-hmm. Like I said, it seems to have just started up and it's got a lot of, uh, it's super popular right now. And I'm not sure if it's something they're really seeing or if they're like sensationalizing a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say that the second coming of black eyed kids, remember that forever? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it that absolutely same vein of just being The, the other side of the coin is what does anybody have to gain? Mm-hmm. Right. Like reporting such a thing. Nobody. Right. Now, I used to think um, Mothman was a real, or, you know, big winged creatures were weird until one night we were driving back from, you know, near Joel's and the car, something huge swooped at our car that we saw drop from the sky and it had a wingspan that was, you know, as wide as the freeway. And I'll tell oh. you, that shut me up right there. And it shut me <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, these people are matching. You know, because there was a witness with me. We both saw the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But speaking about what they have to gain, I, one of my favorite callers, and we've turned into really good friends now, but he's, he's not giving his real name, and he works for a uh, branch of the federal government and law enforcement Uh, that's all that i can say but he contacted me a while back and told me an incredible story and and it took me weeks to to talk him into coming on to to the show because i wanted everyone to hear his story this guy was or is uh law enforcement 
He's a Iraqi war vet, stand up, great guy, very squared away, just sharp as a tack. And told me while he was bear hunting in um, northern, I think northern Kentucky and in, in Virginia area, while he was bear hunting, put his scope and sights on a large bipedal, <laughs> you know, creature that he calls Sasquatch. And he says, uh, he says, Paul, I have been in firefights. I've been in skirmishes all over the world. He said, this unnerved me to my core. He says, I, I saw it through my scope. I couldn't pull the trigger. He says, I just don't know what, I didn't know what to do. And, and this guy was, he, he gave me a very detailed description and it was just an incredible account. And I, I really firmly believe that he saw what he said he saw. But doesn't that seem to be always the case? I had the sights on it. I couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean, I, you, that, you, you, you know, it always, always is added to that story. You know, yeah. that part. And it makes you wonder what the influence is. I mean, A, it could be a person. Sure, well, from that distance. Right, right. You know, human, do you want Joe. to take that chance? Joel, yeah, they do look human. What's that? Right. They look very human. Yes. Yeah. 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 No. Oh, yeah. He, he said it did. And the, and the first thing he noticed was when it, it, it was coming up this little boulder field and the sun was just coming up, he said, and he... About to take the shot because it was on all fours and he thought it was a bear. He's looking at his, you know, shoulder area. He said, but then the thing just stood up and looked around and he put the scope in his chest and he brought it up to his face and his face made, he said, the face looked so human, but it made a perfect circle with his mouth and started making this howl. He said, it sounded like howler monkeys. He said, it just made a perfect circle with his mouth. And uh, he said he didn't know what to do at that point. <laughs> he said just, so, and I, but I, you know, that was a long story to say. Yeah, what is what would he have to gain? And he still, you know, he, and and I don't blame him. He's not going to tell who he is, and um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's not looking for he's not looking for a book deal or anything like that. So, yeah, it's I a mean, shame that these I'm people. Not, oh, well, I'm not seeing anybody lies, you know, on purpose. And I'm not saying nobody lies because I'm sure, you know, there's false reports. But in general, don't you find that most people are probably being straight with you? Because, I mean, you're trained in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And for the most part, I wish I could, you know, be in person with them because I'd really like to watch them tell the story. Right. There's mm-hmm. there's so many things that you can look for. You can uh, just watch the way they talk looking to the left looking to the right micro expressions you know the the canter of their voice the the pitch yeah. you, you know there's so many things that you have to take in you know into account and i would love to be in person with them but uh i you know that they i, I kind of set up my platform as you know if they want to tell me their story i'm just going to listen to them mm-hmm. because, and, and you know obviously of course there's some that i can't let on there but uh it's I just, you know, I wanted the people to feel like it was a safe space to come on and tell the story without fear of ridicule or yeah. judgment. And it, it seems to have opened up, um, I think, some of the more honest people. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to get those that, you know, exaggerate for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of take it at face value. I mean, the stories, I mean, you, you know, that's that's what uh, I've done for years. Get these strange stories, the emails, you, you, you read them, you you. you kind of digest them at the end of the day 
you're kind of forced to take them at face value. You, you, and, you I, know, and I've got a question. Yeah. And you've been you've been doing this longer. Or you guys have been doing it longer. Sometimes do you ever feel like just you just have to stop, take a break, and like you have to get away from so much of the stuff, or is it sure? Or do you, Absolutely. Yeah. I take yeah, sometimes you hit your limit. It's just like I don't want to do anything to do with <laughs> anything mysterious just for a while. Right. Then you just, you, I don't know if you start craving it again or if it just kind of organically sucks you back in. Organic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know? Have you noticed a pattern? One question I wanted to ask you. Have you noticed a pattern of corn? Where people growing corn nearby, where you know a cornfield that's a half a mile away, where these dogman sightings have happened. Uh, um, I haven't gotten any reports about that, but I've listened to a few re- encounters, and it seems to be a lot of them are around cornfields. Yeah, and, it's, it's and so- a lot in the a lot of actually in the Midwest and up to you guys, Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. yeah, the heartland. Yeah. <laughs> Really weird. It's like, uh, what would, what would corn have to do with dog man? Maybe they're hiding in it. I don't know. Maybe they're, I, I don't know. Cover, you know, it's, it's just on. I've just, I've noticed it over and over and over and over and over. There's a cornfield 500 yards away. Mm, well, even, but oh, even oh, a cornfield's, no, I was going to say even, even a cornfield's creepy by itself sometimes, you know, <laughs> it's like, Anything could. I, I saw children of the corn as a kid several times. So, anything could come out of the cornfield on you. <laughs> sure, but I mean, dogman wise, do you see it across the pond though? I mean, do you get uh, European dogman reports? Or is it specifically an American thing? No, I've had. Um, I've spoken with a couple in Europe, and over in, uh, I think, northern England. Uh, I was trying to think of the name. It's not sh- North North Northamptonshire or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've heard of a couple of dogman sightings, which, you know, there. Like I said, if you go back and look at some of the history behind it, you're just going to take you back to werewolves and lycanthropy and just some of the other, you know, that. Can I say dogma? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, for it. no pun. No pun. Yeah, but now there's uh yeah, I've seen it over, or I've heard about it overseas. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Just kind of curious because, I mean, I've, I've heard vague references, but then again, you know, I mean, the werewolf kind of started there. The whole lore was right. in Europe, and it made its way over here, so it makes perfect sense to be there. What do you get out of the UFO, dog, or a UFO Bigfoot connection? Is there any? Man, I don't want to go out on a limb on that one. <laughs> but um, I... Some of the researchers I have worked with or talk, uh, spoken with, that's kind of what they're 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 starting to see like a correlation between a lot of the uh, things, like the the, the maybe the, even the poltergeist activity in some areas, along with or or at least they see the orbs and the lights mm-hmm. that that precedes maybe a Bigfoot sighting sometimes, and they're they're trying to start to put together that they're all connected somehow, which I don't know. I haven't made that connection yet. And um, I just, you know, I, I can't go there yet. But so, what do, you, what do you think about ghosts, ghost hunting? 
I, I know it's it's on your show. It's on your podcast. I'm kind of going through what you've been talking about when I was doing research for the show. Actually, yeah. I listened to a few of them, and I listened to the Paranormal Potluck, and you and you touch on yeah. ghosts a little bit. And I'm kind of curious. I, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's the a rage right now, of course, in the paranormal sure. ghost hunting. But what's your views on ghosts? I mean, are they real? Are they fake? Are we on? A, are the researchers on a fool's errand? I mean. How do you believe in that? I'm not. I'm not 100% on the ghost thing. I, I'm. I'm almost starting to look into, I guess, what's called the stone tape theory. I guess, or maybe there's like a. Okay, maybe it's not like an intelligent haunting or anything. It may be just like a time loop. It's just something that keeps replaying over and over again. And there's been some experiments in like uh, different types of minerals that are under a location, you know, the, the, the atmospheric conditions at the time. And it seems to be that some things, some of these kind of things happen during thunderstorms, which charges the air and the particles and maybe can recreate a, uh, maybe a, a, a bad moment in history that left its mm-hmm. imprint in time, something like that. And uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that gaining ground that I'm kind of leaning toward, but as far as ghosts or, or maybe even maybe even a demonic activity, it you know, maybe the, pre- pretending to be ghosts. I'm not sure. The problem with ghost evidence for me, anyway, is is it's neither the beholder. I mean, it really is. I mean, right. they'll, they'll they'll make me listen to static, and they're telling me this is what's saying. It's not saying that to me, and nor <laughs> can I find it in any of my equipment where I analyze. You know, right that you know sound. Um, it's it's very ambiguous. It's very you know, like I said, it's very eye of the beholder stuff. You know, so I have right. a hard time with a lot of the quote unquote ghost evidence because it's just not there. It's evidence that they want to manufacture in their own minds many times. Right. It's almost like uh, I, I don't know what it would be called, but pareidolia for the ears. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're going to hear what you want to hear, and especially if someone suggests, it's like the power of suggestion. Um, yeah. I will say. That me and my buddies, the same law enforcement guys off duty, I, I captured two EVPs and I have no clue. It was a long time ago. It was my first ones and I have no clue how it got there or, or, or who said it. Um, it was We were in an old uh, mental hospital one night down south and we were just walking around and just doing the typical thing. And this was, I'm, I'm talking a long time. This is when... 2002, all this stuff was starting to get ramped up. And we heard, you know, we were in a crematorium. My buddy sets the uh, EVP, or I'm sorry, not EVP, sets the recorder on top of the the little furnace there and says, hey, is anybody here? Would you like to communicate? You know, went through the whole spiel. And he said, if you can, just talk into this red light, which was the light on the recorder. Nobody said a word. So the next day I'm reviewing the audio. And after he said that, we hear somebody whisper, I can't. That's all they said. And I about threw up. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, this, this can't be happening. And I let them all hear it. And it was, you know, it's clear as a day. And then I, we've heard like I've, I've gotten another moan, like a weird, almost, this is going to sound weird, but like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, you'll hear the, Oh, just like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, in a, an old college uh, 
town we were in, like an old uh, plantation-style house we were investigating. And that's all. But I, I don't know what those sounds were, you know. <laughs> but other than that, I, I, I think I agree with you on uh, the ghost stuff. You know, like the Bigfoot. You get three people to see it all at the same time, or, or it leaves print, prints or hair. At least it's something tangible to work with. You know, on the right. flip side, the ghost stuff, it, it, like I said, it's it just not a lot to go on. The thing not, is, not a, not yeah, a lot. You know, there's, nobody's going to believe it because Paul, it, you know, it, he, he knows it's real because he was mm-hmm. there. But scientifically, there's not much you can do with it. No. No, and all these, all these gadgets they're coming out with, the REM pods and the, and the uh, I, we used to call it Frank's box, but it was now it's a spirit box, spirit box where it just kind of, you scan constantly the FM oh, or the AM. Oh, yes, the SB7, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can I, I was told to experiment with it, being a sound guy, because I watch people trying to use it. And uh, it's a rogue frequencies from radio stations. Yeah, is what it, that's exactly what it is, and of course, trying to explain that to somebody that doesn't understand how frequency works, how radio frequency works, it's it lost on them. You know, they're yeah. going to hear what they want to hear, no matter what you tell them. So, just throw my hands up in there and go, okay, enjoy your ghost box because there ain't no ghost. <laughs> right, right. I remember taking the old Radio Shack radio and doing the hack where it would scan constantly, and you probably heard of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you built a couple of them, and uh, you know, yeah. just, just to try them out and and you know, uh, doing the research on it, it's it, it's amazing because a these people they ask, I love it because they ask questions like who's the president of the United States, right? You're yeah. telling me on the whole frequency, there's not going to be one person mentioning the president's name. Right. And the radio wave, you, you know, so it's those kinds of things. But anyhow, that kind of evidence doesn't really get me going. But what does is the physical evidence left behind like a Bigfoot with a Bigfoot or even a dog. Yeah. Something there. We're all looking at it. We know it exists. Yeah. Have you found any physical evidence, Paul, in your searches? We found one track years ago and cast it. And other than that, no, it's it's kind of been just like. I hate to say it, but a wild goose chase. We've been so many times and have heard the sounds and on occasion have smelt like odd smells like the, the, like skunk smells or the like old wet dog smells. But no, I, I've not, I've not had, I mean, I've heard, I've heard tree knocks and I can't for the life of me think what could make that sound. But no, I've, I've not had any much evidence at all. I've I've had people show me their tracks, they've shown me their casts, um, they've had hair samples, and they keep saying they're going to send it off, but they never do because it costs too much money, and it just, you yep. know. Yeah. So what do, so what do you think is the best evidence for Bigfoot that it exists? Mm, I th- think, I think I would like to say. Still, the and I'll probably get some flack, but the Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah. yeah, I think the the mechanics and the movements and the way it's you know it's been studied, and you know the 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 the, the musculature you see, the tendons, the breasts. I mean, it's just I don't think they would have thought about all that back in the sixties. Yeah. No, I I believe that to be a, a genuine Bigfoot. 
But I, boy, I believe, the yeah. people that don't believe in that film are just ravenous. Yeah. They just yeah. go, BS, it's just a hoax. And... Well, how do they prove it's BS? See, see, for them to prove, they have to prove it's BS then. It's right. on them to prove the y'all that's BS. And no one, to my knowledge, has even come close to recreating it. Oh, exactly. If it's fake, please duplicate it. Right. Mm-hmm. Folks, right. Dude, nobody ever has. I know and, of uh, uh, one other person who's doing that right now, and they're going to make a film. I know, I know it will not succeed, even with today's technology and costume materials that we have now. It's not going to happen. They're not even going to come close. And, and I'll tell you. Go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say, Duck. I remember, I remember, uh, I, I told you a long time ago that what really sealed it for me was, um, the, the, the monster quest episode, snail grove, I think it was snail grove Lake, that whole, um, you know, I think you guys spent several nights there at some of the witness accounts there. And I think you got, you guys, did, I think you got some DNA from yes. some, yep, correct. Yep. that was, you know, at the time to me, that was one of the, one of the best documented cases also as far as witness testimony because those guys seem very frightened very scared very um real in what they went through that you could almost see it in their face and it's just there's like i said i'm, I'm big on witness testimony i i, I like to see it i, I want to hear it the, the weird thing i can add to that that just happened the other day we recovered dna we didn't get a ton of the genome but we did recover a little bit of it that matched chimp DNA mm. Ontario. It was the same genes that are divergent in humans that chimps have. I mean, we share a lot of the same DNA, but there's a certain set of the, the DNA that's divergent in chimps. Well, Expedition Bigfoot just announced on Discovery that they recovered stuff, I think it was in, wasn't it in Kentucky? Somewhere, yeah. It yeah. was either... North Carolina or somewhere, some, one of those. Somewhere near you. Yeah. And it, it had DNA that was, you know, also partly from chimp. And everybody poo-pooed it, but I'm like, I'm thinking back on, boy, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's no chimps in that area, number one. <laughs> well, it was the fact that we're the only ones ever yeah. to snack out and yeah. say, yeah, chimp DNA. And then here's another one that they obviously had the money for a DNA test and they're saying, no, it it had chimp DNA. So, you know, everybody hold their judgment. Right. And did, and it, I don't know if it's exactly the same area, but I, I know in North Carolina, just a few years ago, did you guys hear about the five-year-old child that basically survived a couple of nights out in the wilderness? That oh was, yeah. That was taken care of by a bear. Yes. You know, it, it was, I, I remember reading that and hearing about it that night. It was 17 degrees. I, we couldn't have survived out there without a jacket, without, mm-hmm. we would have been, we would have been hypothermic. Yes. I mean, it would have just been bad news. Something took care of that, that child. Yeah. Not only took care of it, covered it. I mean, yeah. it have cuddled it, literally wrapped it in its arms to keep that kid warm. Yeah. No and bears he, do that. Said, friendly bear, <laughs> friendly bear. And to me, um, that that story is just so sad that that kid, if hopefully he retains his memories, yeah, he, 
older and he can draw the bear. Yeah. Or better yet, wait till he's older and do a regression hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah, it's a possibility. Because, yeah, I would be careful of like people asking him continuously about it. Are you Mm -hmm. sure it wasn't a Bigfoot? Because he's going to, he would probably have preconceived um, memories at that point. You know, if if they if, if they're not careful, they could really plant memories into him that he you know he wouldn't have. So, but yeah, I, I think the re- stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I think the regression hip, uh, hypnotherapy would be awesome for that. Yeah, no, it's 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 just fascinating when you hear stories like that. It's like the guy that got shoved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Else could have shoved him like that. Paul, and there, right? There, there's a video that uh, I think Thinker Thunker did on YouTube. It gets into quite a bit of detail on what it would take to shove a man down of his size. So I think the guy was like, you know, he was pretty tall. Mm. A little man. He was a big guy himself. And, um, yeah, it's just very weird, very weird. Do you do you think that um, um, there's going to be more disclosure on UFOs? Or do you think that's kind of the end of it? Whatever we got was just a fart in a windstorm. <laughs> you're right i i man i could talk about that topic for hours and i'll save all that i i, I would i want to believe that they were headed that way but i wonder if it wasn't just uh like a just a smoke screen like a just a diversion thing just kind of to to give us just a little bit because there was a lot going on at the time politically Mm-hmm. And and then you hear these little drops of this, but I will say that I, I've got a very good friend who I grew up with that was. I hope I can talk about this. Uh, I'm just going to do it. So he he was on one of the aircraft carriers out there, almost during that time. He's an intelligence, and he was in a room working on a computer. He said, really wasn't doing a whole lot. He's kind of making his day go by. He said, but he looked over to his right on another screen and he saw something, a big file folder. It starts talking about UAP this and UAP that and blah, blah, blah. He says, and as soon as he was turning back around to gather his stuff, he said, somebody came rushing back in, grabbed that laptop and left, but he knows what he saw. And this was before the UAP um, phrase came out there. Yep. So, I believe they saw some, I believe I believe they saw something. I'm not sure what's uh, you know who's taking it. Like uh, some of the people are taking it now and turning it into shows or profits. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm, I'm really hopeful because I honestly do think there's I I don't think we're the only ones out there. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe Man. it was. I don't know. I, like I said, I, there's so much going on in my head right now. I, I want to talk about so much, but I'm, I'm just not right now. So. Oh, like you're, holding, so you're holding back, Paul. Yeah, Paul. Come on. Come on, Paul. Up. Just us well, talking. Just no, I, it's, just, it's just us three here. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I, I think you're worried about saying too much. Well, yeah, I, I can't. There's a lot I can't go into, I guess, for 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 some of the connections that I have, sure. and, but, uh, I almost want to say that it's kind of a 
Jeez. It's it's kind of a catch-22 with me. Like I said, I, I think – I don't know if we're going to have disclosure. I, I think maybe to put a, put, put a cap on it, maybe we're getting some soft disclosure, I guess. And I, I think there's a lot going on in – and this is going to be real off the wild card, but there's a lot going on in, in Antarctica that that we don't – a lot of people aren't familiar with and lots, mm-hmm. you know, but, well, that we can't really talk about. But there's a lot going on in Antarctica – and uh, I think in time they're going to start releasing some stuff, and I, I I just don't know if we're ready for a lot of that yet. Can you give oh, us a hint? Oh. Sorry, yeah, just, just, <laughs> my problem. So, I need a hint too. Just, just a little one. Just a teeny little. And I've heard, you know, we heard well, some stories, but no, I, I mean it's some of the it's some of the same stories I, I think that you've heard or I've heard. I just it's just there's you know I just kind of. Being in law enforcement and then friends in different places, right. you know, you, you sometimes you you get taken out. Paul, don't camp. make us interrogate you because so, we take, will. Not, no. not, so what Paul is saying that you've you've had some things <laughs> confirmed. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh. uh, no, no, I mean not no, not really confirmed, but just like you know, this is something I've studied my entire life, and uh, I've you know only not not on the record, not over the telephone, nothing else. Like when me and my buddies or some of the other friends that I have, we go off on a hunting trip or we get camping. Like yeah, I knew Area 51 was there way before you know it got released to the mainstream news, and Popular Mechanics came out and said. Hey, Area 51's there. Yeah, Bob Lazar and that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew that was there um, just because of people that I know have been there. And it's it's just, uh, no, I, I think I think there's something to it. We're heading, heading, heading to the end, I think. But it's just trickle. It's just a trickle. And But I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, I think you believe well, Marco. Think or, oh, gosh, that's that delay tonight. We got a big delay tonight. I just think that with all these private rockets going up, um, somebody like uh, Elon Musk might be just maverick enough to go, here's something weird that we filmed, you know, and just release it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. And can we, you mentioned Elon Musk. What about Robert Bigelow? Right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean... He came out on was it Dateline or twenty twenty one of those shows and uh, just said absolutely yeah, it's here it's been here we've been working with it, yeah. and I'm I'm not afraid to say it. These guys know something, and you know I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know Bigelow knows. Oh some... God, yeah. No, exactly. You don't buy a Skinwalker Ranch for the looks. Well, you don't get government money, <laughs> you know. Right. I'd like, I'd like to see you, Paul, get 28 million bucks. I would, too. Yeah. <laughs> because you're whatever. I wouldn't have to build campers in my garage. What I find <laughs> weird is the rumor or the truth that the money was actually for Skinwalker Ranch and not to study unknown metals. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard, yeah. and I don't know which, I have no idea which one's true. Well, think about the, the what is the project, the ATIP project? They, you telling me they only put in twenty million dollars or something like that just to to study that, 
And that thing, they, they've been studying this thing for years, and I, I firmly believe that Project Blue Book was basically another distractionary thing that they were doing just to appease a lot of people by making that. Oh, absolutely. I actually, make, I actually had a friend, Paul, that worked on Project Blue Book. And oh, wow. Passed here two years ago. Um, he told me some stories that were really interesting of turning, like um, the Val Johnson case. Do you, if anybody knows what that is? Mm-hmm. Where the police officer's car was hit by a UFO. Yeah. And, and um, he was the first guy on the scene for Project Blue Book. Oh, wow. And he investigated that whole thing. Uh, made up a huge report on it, brought it to Chicago, handed it to a general. The general said the following, I'm sick of looking at this stuff. (laughs) I don't want to see anymore. And then walked out right in front of the meeting, you know, right during the meeting with uh, my buddy. And Mm. he just basically said that. And Alan didn't even know what it meant. Yeah. And that was the case where uh, the police radio antenna was bent yes. 90 degrees. Yes. You, at, at, I've touched one of those. You can't just take them and bend them. And for, for a force like that or some kind of uh, light or some kind of energy, maybe like that pretty much restructured the molecular material of it could have been it. I don't weren't know, they, but it, it takes a lot. Weren't they on springs, Paul? They were actually on springs, too. Yeah, they were on springs, and yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because there's like the the lower six to eight inches, especially the older cars, were springs. Yeah. And for something to hit it and bend it before it bent the spring, that's wild. Yeah. Well, some of the insider stuff that I heard was that the glass from, I, I don't know if it was the headlight or the taillight, was actually stacked up like three inches tall. Wow. Stacked up. In other words, it was broken, but didn't go everywhere. It was actually stacked, the broken glass. Yeah. And he provided photos of that. Yeah. See, and that's that's, uh, the law enforcement, again, that encounters some of this stuff that, man, there's so many great stories by uh, police officers, first responders, firemen, military that have seen these things and witnessed these things. And, and for fear of their jobs or ridicule or whatever, they just get shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he even had um, burns, welding burns on his eyes that were confirmed. It's still, I mean, it made, it made the press a little bit, but it pretty much just disappeared. The whole story. Incredible story. Have, d- you, have you seen a UFO, Paul? You know, I, yeah, as a, as a kid, I did. And, uh, we were, I'll just tell you real quick. We were on the front porch. We were having a family reunion at back home in my hometown, Georgiana. And everybody was out there. And my, my mom, who was you know pretty much an avid believer and my aunt and actually another aunt and a cousin, we were on the front porch of my house looking across the way over the lake and this was a, it was dark at night out, but there was a huge red light hovering over this lake and didn't make a sound. And this lake is only maybe, it was probably only three or 400 yards away from my house. And this thing rose up off the lake, still not a sound. And here's a cornfield story for you. It went down the corn, it went over the top of the corn, just uh, kind of a 
parallel to that without a sound and then just disappeared over the trees. All of us saw it. And, you know, I, I was freaking out, of course. I bet. It was it, it was the greatest night of my life. <laughs> how, how, how big do you think that light was? <laughs> From, I would say, probably maybe 30, 40 feet wow. diameter, maybe. It was, it, was, it was pretty big. But the lack of the sound was just... Yeah. It was it was crazy. It was just so silent. And, I, you know, I don't know. There is an airport that is probably two miles behind my house, but we hear helicopters and airplanes all the time. Yeah. Or we used to. But do I have time to tell you something real quick? For uh, You do. You got 15 minutes. You got all the time in the world, man. Okay. Well, here's a connection for you. And um, all right. So do you, do you guys remember, I think it was... Well, you've heard of Rendlesham Forest and the, the incident there. Well, just the same time frame or whatever, there was, uh, I think, the Cash Landrum incident in Houston, Texas, or just outside of Houston. Very familiar with that. Yep. The burns. Good, because this, this is something else that kind of came back to home to me and kind of made me really want to believe uh, a little more than I did. Excuse me. Okay, so the two ladies that had the, uh, the, the severe radiation burns – they were they were attended by a, um, I guess a resident, inter a resident doctor at the time, out at Houston, and I didn't know it at the time. But later, when I became a police officer where I was in uh, Central Alabama, this doctor shows up in town and he becomes kind of like the town the, the, or the police the the police department's doctor. So we start talking about it and we we developed a rapport, but. Never even mentioned, he never mentioned it to me that he was the guy who attended to these two people. Mm. And, and so when I got, when I saw him on a documentary, <laughs> I went, I went straight to him. I said, man, I said, why didn't you told me about this? You know, I'm into this. He said, well, I just, he said, I, I just didn't want to attract any attention. He said, but one of the ladies moved here, you know, as she was, uh, had cancer and she moved here so I could continue to treat her after a few years. And he said, I said, so what? What do you think? What happened? He says, I wasn't there. I don't know. He said, but I can tell you that these two ladies were, um, they were subjected to intense radiation all at one time and one night. He said, I've never seen anything like it. And I haven't seen anything like it since. He said, something terrible happened to those uh, poor ladies and her grandson. It was just kind of weird to actually talk to the doctor. Yeah. You're directly from him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the wounds on these poor ladies from these burns, these radiation burns, were horrid. And did is is Corey the the son? Is he still around? I'm not sure. I haven't I haven't uh, kept up with any of that in yeah. a long time. But I think he is. I, but yeah. I, I know the other two passed. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. He'd be an amazing person to interview. But the mm. fact that they they burned their hands i believe even trying to get back in the car right well, and then the story the... Of the military and then the story of the military showing up right and escorting this thing away it's just the whole no, yeah i remember was... that uh, doug i gotta i gotta ask both of you what was the official explanation for these burns that was Nothing. put out there <laughs> denial yeah hmm. yeah they they yeah it didn't happen I think they even removed a stretch of that highway. Yes, they did. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, yeah, they, I think they tried to remove any kind of uh, thing that might could have held radiation. 
just yeah. scorched earth any evidence. Yep, deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And um, as I remember, um, when the military were, was questioned, they just said, oh, we were doing, you know, um, uh, you know, war games or whatever in the area. So everything just got explained away. Always so convenient, isn't it, Doug? War ah. games. But I, I do remember hearing about that when I was young, going, that's pretty compelling. So, yeah. So qu- quick question, both of you guys. I, I guess we're kind of interviewing Doug as we're going to really quickly. <laughs> is Do you believe that disclosure, getting back to that really quickly, will happen uh, because of the citizen journalist? That'll be us to blow the lid off, not the government? Yeah, it's already happening. I mean, we're doing it right now by talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's just happening right now. So, P- Paul, you built a really cool, and you showed me pictures of a like a research pod, you know, camper, a small scamp, I guess they'd call it, but more specific for like Bigfoot research. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it could be, and and. I know you've seen everybody's seen the teardrop campers, that the, the old vintage, you know, the the scoop looking uh, or the the rounded front goes off into a sharp point tail in the back, yeah. and there's there's kind of been a recent movement in the past couple of years of people uh, wanting these more tactical looking teardrops, and I've kind of taken uh, some liberties and looking at different designs, and I went into my shop and started building kind of a tactical looking uh almost like a tank but uh you know adding some bells and whistles to it putting a mattress in there and a little kitchen galley in the back and i was you know i was thinking about you after i saw your uh, your research your sasquatch research bikes i was like that is amazing i thought we could like throw cameras on this thing someone could take this literally out into the woods and just stay there for days and you know be self-reliant they can camp, they can have, you know, we can put cameras on the tops of these things. We can put uh, night vision, infrared. We could put um, even, like, I don't know, sensors that can relay back to the thing. Like, yeah. You, and you know more about that than I would, obviously. Yeah, but, but really, it would be nothing to take what you've done and add a little bit of technology that's not even expensive and turn it into a basically a dummy proof trailer where they go into an area and it's already automatic as long as it's power it's going to record audio video from every side of it that would be really cool plus they could have a research bike on the back a squatter Ab- stalker six thousand yeah <laughs> i like it yeah it, i even thought about putting it on a cherry picker you know take it mm-hmm. or even or at least for hunters you know they they could have an actual um what do they call it? A, a tree stand, or it, you 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 put this thing in the middle of a field, and you press a button, and it raises you up ten or twenty feet, and you can sleep up there if you want to, or you can a shooting house basically, yeah, for for hunters. And uh, I don't know. I'm still I'm even thinking about putting one on pontoons. So <laughs> I'm kind of just getting started here on uh, what all I can do with these things. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Um, yeah, if you let me know, I'll stick a link up for your. Um trailer up on our website oh thank you yeah, yeah it, I'd love to do that. it's a really cool looking trailer 
Oh, thanks. And it, yeah. it's called Escape Rovers, escaperover.com. And uh, mm-hmm. now I've, I've gotten away from the aluminum sides and I'm going into, I'm spraying them with the really thick uh, bed liners and stuff. So I mean, oh, I can like do any vinyl liner on the side. Yeah. It, may, gotcha. it just makes it, it's a little more durable and waterproof. And I mean, everybody knows that a couple of years after a camper, you know, you're going to start having leaks where the caulking yeah. uh, dry rots or the corner is going to have problems. Well, yeah. um, no, I, I, I want to spray these things where they're almost bulletproof. I, t- which- I had a camper, Paul, brand new, uh, like a toy hauler deal that I was using for research. Parked it for one year. The next spring it was wrecked. Oh, wow. From moisture, from rain getting in, then everything got moldy. But one, I mean, that shows you doing the the, uh, the liner, the rhino liner outside. It's brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and, and I wish I could take credit for that, but I've, I've, others are starting to do it. And mm-hmm. I just happen to have a different logo and, uh, you know, I'll add some different colors and plus make it mine. Yeah, plus gives it that matte look, right? Kind of non-flashy. Yeah, kinda, it, you, yep. you know, be less visible in the woods. Yep, yep. And uh, I even have a friend that uh, we talked about. He's an artist, and we talked about um, camouflage these things tailored to your, you know, your foliage or wherever you're, where you, Pacific Northwest has a different look. You know, the Southeast has a different look and just kind of tailor fit in the camouflage to those. And yeah, it goes through wraps for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. You know, we, and Doug, you and I were talking about Sasquatch vehicles. It could be a ghost hunting command yeah. center. It could be a UFO hunting, uh, yeah. whatever. I don't know. You could adapt that for almost anything. Yeah, so, you could. So we have like eight minutes left. Can you give us one more weird call that you had? Or even a normal call, but just something that was really a little bit out of the ordinary. I mean, you've been on a SWAT team yeah you've done uh criminal investigations there's got to be something paul come on well all that's just kind of it's a big blur (laughs) no it's 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 just i don't know it's police stuff you know but i do have a crazy encounter uh same same group of uh off-duty police officers we were investigating another place one night and yeah this was back in the day we were doing the ghost hunt stuff and kind of liked it. It was fun to do, but we pulled up at this uh, place. It was a big uh, old hospital or something, big columns in the front. And we always kind of like fan out and check the place first before it, uh, before we kind of enter and see if, make sure nobody else is there. So we go up to the front and we start hearing a thunder. We start hearing the, uh, uh, some kind of rustling in the, in the leaves or the trees beside us. So we back away get out our night vision and start looking. And here comes this dude walking up with uh, a machete and he's, his face, his face is painted white and he looks just like Mike Myers. Oh, <laughs> and, and uh, God. yeah, it was crazy. And uh, we, we, we throw down the cameras and we, then we come up with flashlights and the guns, quite honestly, it's like, Hey, we're off duty police officers. You need to drop the weapon. And he was just stood there. didn't say a word. I've got pictures of that. I've got a video. I'll have to show you that. Oh and he, he's like, and he's like yelling, put, put it down, blah, 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 you know. And then he just points it at us. 
he and didn't say a word. And I was like, I was like, guys, first of all, this isn't even our jurisdiction. Second of all, he's going to make us hurt him. We need to back out of here right now. And soon as uh, we, we was like, yeah, 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 let's back out. As soon as we kind of started walking, we turned our back. That dude was gone and disappeared. And I, we got to hearing later, like a few weeks later, that he's he's kind of a regular nut job that lives in a trailer park nearby. And he comes out there and I don't know if he tries to hurt people or tries to scare people. But that yeah, was a freaky time. That would be, uh, yeah, that'd be in the top 10 of freaky things, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Not every yep. day do you meet a crazed psychopath serial killer wielding a machete at a Honda location. No, no. Wait, I'm glad we were we we were afraid that he was trying to let us get inside first. Maybe he was going to try to corner us and scare us or something. That would have been a very bad idea. Yeah. Um, but now we backed out and uh, left, and we came back another night and did some more stuff. So that was all. Are, are you still working as a private detective? I I have not done anything like that in almost a year because I've been so busy with the campers. I do still have my uh, license, you know, if I needed to to work on a case. And I get calls all the time for a insurance mm-hmm. fraud or, or a, you know, cheating husband, cheating wife, stuff sure. like that. The, but the I turn- normal stuff. So you, what's your whole take on that job? I mean, is it, you, did you like it when you did it or? You get, you know, and people think you're Magnum PI out there, but I think you said you've done a little bit of it yourself. No, it's very boring. Most of the time you're sitting in a car, either sweating or freezing to death, watching one house. And if the person doesn't leave or move, you're just there. Now, uh, when they do leave, it's great. It's fun to get the, it's fun to get the footage of them water skiing. And they're supposed to be like in a neck brace and they go to their doctor's appointment in a wheelchair you know, and then you follow them home and they're like, get out and start climbing up on the ladder on the roof and doing stuff. That's fun times. Yes. But a lot of it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. I would concur. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I've heard that from other PIs that it, it's not the most glamorous job. Do, in the world, do but... it once when it's 90 degrees out, you know, in a vehicle and you can't move, you can't start your car to, Right, and you're just thinking this is the worst job in the entire world, and it's like hour five, right, of doing this. But oh, then, yeah. but then when you get your footage or you get whatever your whatever your case is done, yeah, it, it is satisfying. Yep, it is. I, I, I the only thing I can think of is the best time I had was when I got paid to to go to South Florida and follow a couple, and they were on the move all the time and. You know, I had a very nice hotel, and I ate nice, very good seafood, and I got to spend two weeks at the beach. Yeah. On, that actually, sounds so bad. Oh, it's awesome. I was literally on the beach with my cooler, and, you know, I think I had an umbrella, but you just you just turn your camera toward the couple that's making out on the beach the whole time you're sitting there enjoying the soaking up the sun. So, yeah, it was a terrible yeah. gig. It's yeah, bad gig. I would imagine it's, it sounds like it was terrible. Tell everyone where they can hear your show, the, the great podcast you have out there, The Mysterious Huntsman. Yeah, okay. So it's, yeah, MysteriousHuntsman.com, and I'm on YouTube, just Mysterious Huntsman channel. And uh, I've been lazy. I haven't done a lot lately since starting the new camper business, which is Escape Rover. So um, 
I still got both websites up. So anybody wishing to tell me their story, I would be more than happy to hear. And if close enough, close by, I'd be glad to come out and uh, check things out. Gotcha. Sounds like a lot of fun. We look forward to hearing more from the mysterious huntsman. Um, you know, you, you're doing a lot of, I love the stories when I was listening in. It's great. I mean, I can't get enough of that stuff. That's always great to hear in Connors, <laughs> what people yeah. have to say. And right. so, so Paul, it's, if you need, if you need a Bigfoot investigated, you need a camper or a private investigator, get a hold of Paul. The trifecta. Or, or it's all like, three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stranger things have happened, right? <laughs> maybe this some, been, yeah. maybe someday he can combine all three. You just never know. You just never know. But this has been uh, this has been on Untold Radio AM, and uh, wow, I just had a vision in my head of combining all three. But anyhow, that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a tall order. But also, where can they check out your really quickly your campers? They can go to escaperover.com. Perfect, perfect. This has been Untold Radio AM. I'm we've been your host, Joel, and we've got Doug over there. It's time for us to sign off, Doug. Another great show. Paul, again, thank you for coming on the show. Till next time, guys, take care of each other, love each other, and keep looking for Sasquatch. Just never know. You might be the one to find them. 